1: podcast show uh, we are definitely here to help you grow capacity increase funding and to advance mission and I have a great show for you today you will definitely want to check it out. Um, I have miss Shalia Phillips here and she is going to be talking about how she has transitioned from biology and her career in biology to becoming a grant writer, and then to becoming a nonprofit consultant. So on the show today, she shares um, about her former career and how it's helped her to be a grant writer. Oh, interesting, interesting, right? say, How does a biology career help you become a grant writer? Well, she's going to share that. And she's also going to touch on some main challenges that she sees nonprofits face, right? So as we're looking at what are some of the challenges that nonprofits face that come to her with, like, these are different things that we're looking for, and then some solutions forward. So it is really great if you're a nonprofit leader, if you're in development, um, kind of director or fundraising, uh, to listen to this show. But she's also going to talk about some stuff as a consultant. So um, we're going to definitely talk about grant reviewing a little bit. And we're also going to talk about how to balance time how to actually, you know, provide services. So there's a lot of people that say yes to everything. There's a lot of people that say no to everything, except for the one thing that they do. So she has a hybrid approach that she's going to be discussing today. So we're definitely going to hear that. So who is Shalia? Well, we actually met on Instagram. Love her work. Um, she does such a good job, and she is a servant leader. She's dedicated herself to the growth and development of nonprofits for the past ten years. She's secured two million dollars and grant awards for youth development, education, and health programs, ha ha ha, think biology, remember guys, through her work as a grant writer and fund development consultant. She holds a Master of Public Health with an emphasis on maternal and child health from St. Louis University and a Bachelor of Science in Biomedical Sciences with a minor in chemistry from Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. She is equipped and advanced in training in public health, program development, and public policy. A Bank of America Emerging Leaders alum, Shalia believes that nonprofits are essential to creating the change we all want to see. She has a deep passion for people and helping community organizations succeed with excellence and integrity. Shalia motivates others with her can-do attitude, enthusiasm, and positive personality that you guys are all going to hear today. Um, Definitely find out more on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 183 for all of the show notes that we discussed today, as well as more about Shalia and where to find her. Once again, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 183. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I do. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited today. It's Holly Rest here with Grant Writing and Funding, and we are here definitely to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. And for that today, I have a special guest with me today, Shalia Phillips. Welcome so much.
0: Hello, hey Holly! So glad to be here. I'm excited, excited, excited to chat with you and the whole grant writing and funding family uh, to share my story today.
1: Yes, yes, we're so excited to have you on, and I love that it's uh, like full circle. So before we started the podcast today, we were talking about uh, we we're in the green room, and we were talking about you know just where you came and how you found grant writing and funding, and we've been connecting over Instagram, which is really fun. Yes. Love your yes. Instagram, <laughs> by the way. Hey. <laughs> <gonna follow> you. <laughs> we'll have a link. Yes. So, um, and you know, you've been doing uh, nonprofit consulting for a while now and acting. Mm-hmm. And you said, Oh yeah, when I started writing grants, I found the grant writing and funding podcast. Hey. So I love that. It's like full circle. <laughs>
0: it is it's full circle I'm a true millennial um I will google everything and I came across your website first and found that you had a podcast so being self-taught I started just digesting as much content as possible around grants to learn more and you were one of the first uh folks who I just subscribed to in your YouTube so it's really a full circle moment I'm really happy about that so fun and i love
1: this so yeah so we were chatting a little bit but just to give the listeners and the viewers a little bit of information about you you've been Mm -hmm. um freelancing for a while now but you didn't always start that way right and you didn't always start with grant writing hat you actually were more into biology is that correct yes
0: yes yes. so where you came from a common background uh i am a biologist and public health practitioner by trade um how I made the transition into grant writing is that my master's program required for me to have an internship to graduate. So you can imagine the scuffle of, you know, trying to graduate and get an internship. So I found a local community organization that I could apply both my biology background and public health to teach kids about health education. So um, healthy eating, you know, um, all of the things that go with youth health education. I, Um, I did different workshops just to educate them I did a lot of outreach in the community hosted a couple health fairs and one day my boss walked to my cubicle um or had a really cute cubicle at the time um, and said Shalia we have a special event we don't have time to write this grant do you want to take a stab at it and I freaked out just to be honest like I completely freaked (laughs) out I'm like I don't know what I'm doing of course I've written plenty of research papers and like uh research reports but I had no idea what grants were like writing um, proposals or requests for money on behalf of a community. It was like a foreign term to me. So went to the bathroom, did my, you know, my self pump. I, I'm like, okay, how do I do this? um after i screamed and had to say a prayer (laughs) it was like my strategy was like literally just approaching like a research paper Mm -hmm. and from that moment on i remember the first grant that we wrote it was a six-figure grant to a national foundation we didn't get that one but with that same experience i applied to the second one which was a six-figure grant with the local foundation here in missouri and we got it i wrote it all by myself just literally following directions so you can imagine um my excitement in just grant writing itself, because that was a check off the list. Like I can really transfer my skills from public health and biology and using all of that to write grants because it's pretty much the same following directions, you know, having evidence-based practices, things of that nature um, really helped me out. And from that moment, I think (laughs) if I look back on it, I think my boss saw something in me I didn't see at that time in myself and like put me in charge of grants after that so it's like that two grants and now it's my full-time job (laughs) full-time job at school so yeah, I got to talk to him about that. He <laughs> <laughs> be like, "Thank yeah. you so much." Uh, thank thank you so love much. You. I, I get what you were doing there. We're gonna make the intern into the grant writer. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh-huh. "No, uh-huh. intern and <laughs> bigger grant writer." That's the that's the funny story I say all the time. So
1: yeah, I love that. So you went. So uh, when did how long ago then did you start your freelance uh, company?
0: So I started in November of 2018 just as a side hustle. Yeah. So I, I called my uh consultancy SP Nonprofit Consulting. It was my uh 5 to 9. So I went to work every morning 9 to 5. As soon as I got home, I was really cranking it out with um SMP. So it was exciting, it was also tiring, but really really um really a stretching experience to help me grow in my skills um, like full circle. Right. So I would have colleagues here in St. Louis to um, share with me, you know, different opportunities and different projects. So I was learning a lot. I was learning a lot in my day job and learning a lot. Although, you know, it took a lot of, you know, my free time
1: mm-hmm. on
0: how to write grants, how to write grants for different um, areas, so health, education, um, uh, justice, uh, racial justice, all types of approaches and programs and projects, and really cool organizations that we would work with. So I was excited to just um, connect with different organizations, connect with other grant writers because you know, people still ask me, how do you get into grant writing as a career, right? So it's good to connect with people who speak the same language. It's um, really, really, really important to me. And I guess the best part of our job is um, really aligning with community and what they want and securing the resources for them. So I, I love the fact that I can be a little bit of all things to, you know, those people like communicating with. Uh, stakeholders really getting to know what the needs are in the community and being boots on the ground with putting their voices in proposals and amplifying what their needs are versus me saying hey I know how to write grants this is what I found in research but you know giving them an opportunity and that uh, that platform to say this is what we need and this is what we think we need funding for how how can we facilitate that and how can we get in uh, the rooms with the folks uh, i.e grant makers and funders to really push our initiative forward I really enjoy that the best part.
1: I love that. I love how you call it your five to nine. <laughs> so <that's Yes>. <laughs> it's, it's the five to nine.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, and I I and was that just and you said you worked with a lot of different nonprofits, which is really cool. And you know, there's mm-hmm. I call it like the generalist, right? Because so you have like the generalist grant writer who likes to work with all different types, right? Um yes. and then you have more of the specialist who likes to work with certain types of nonprofits. Right. And mm-hmm. we kind of like Fluctuate, I think sometimes, like maybe we'll work with several different types and then kind of come back to a certain industry of nonprofit sometimes that we're really yeah. comfortable with or that, yeah. you know, that we are these connected with the nonprofit very much with. And then you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love writing about like women's issues or, you know, a certain kind of stream. Like, do you find like even with your biology or public health background that you mm-hmm. support those types of nonprofits just because it's a little more natural to you? Or yeah,
0: for, for sure sure for sure i think my
1: two,
0: my two favorites are definitely health focused organizations and youth development organizations right. um, cuz that's where i got started i I found that the nonprofits that I were, that, I, excuse me, that I was a part of growing up were those types of nonprofits, right? So I went to a boys and girls club. I'm like, oh, I get the right grants to, you know, give someone a scholarship to college or, you know, things like that, health organizations or literally the the lifeblood of, A lot of the movements in maternal and child health, which is where I had my uh, study emphasis on so learning how to uh, create programs to really decrease the infant mortality rate among black women was like my jam for a long time and it's not that I um it's not that I didn't have those opportunities as I went more full-time it's just I'm waiting on it to pop back up again um so I, I look forward to um writing for more initiatives that are my favorites but as you said when you're a generalist it's literally um aligning myself where the help is needed when clients you know say hey I have an education organization, we need to write better grants. It's just really aligning with the need of the moment. But I do have some some favorites that I enjoy just from personal experience.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And I, you know, it's funny because um, a lot of uh, people come to me and even in my mentorship and they'll be like, okay, but do we only have to write about things we know about, you know, or things mm-hmm. we have experience in? And now that you're out there and you're doing this, you understand that, no, you don't, right? Like you right. Will learn and you're kind of, I always yeah. Like a ghostwriter?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I don't know if you saw my post on Instagram a few weeks ago. Um, it was meant to be a funny post, but I I call it educational humor, right? Um, the post was grant writers are your partner and not a miracle worker, and I really dived into how our role is really in the um, facilitation of content versus the creation of content. The organizations that we work with, they're the subject matter experts. They know the community or they're supposed to. Let me add that in. They're supposed to know who they're serving. They're supposed to know the best practices and um, what's needed. We're here to translate that into grant language and into competitive proposals. So if you come to me um, saying, Shalief, let's just say you're another freelance or aspiring freelance grant writer, you know, how do I write for topics that I don't know about? My answer is going to be really have those conversations and frequent conversations with the org leaders so that you can know what they know. And if they need help with getting more information, that's where the uh, client focus groups are coming in at. And that's a good value add as a consultant. Um, The needs assessments, you know, really just honing in on how they are approaching the community and really engaging the community in that process. So no, we're just the facilitators. We're not the, uh, the, the experts in that particular field but we work with those who are to get the funding they need
1: I love that I love that concept of like being the facilitator because that's what we are right and it's yes. yeah you're definitely going to learn things that you didn't know before you know it's kind of like being those yes. avatars <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and all of a sudden yes. like oh, you're going to know a little oh, bit right. more but at the same time it's like you might not understand you know you're you're still getting the the subject matter is from them right yes so you need to be like that's on you. I need to understand it because I have to translate it, but yes. you know, I don't need to be an
0: expert. So, right. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's what makes the job fun like I don't know a a lot of careers that you can learn about a lot of things in a short amount of time and just have such a a depth of experience. So I encourage all grant writers out there. um, Don't be afraid to write for organizations, initiatives and movements that you're not familiar with just align yourself with the folks who do and I promise you'll walk away with some gems to just move you forward in this journey we call uh grant writing
1: <laughs> yeah and it's so fun you get to learn new things so a lot of the generalists right they like learning new things they get bored and they have to do the same job over and over again so this is mm-hmm. a really good place to be um, mm-hmm. and then like focusing on those specialists now as well you can bring your ex- experience like even if you haven't been a grant writer like yourself in the past my biology, yes. my public health, my this yes. background, and I yes. understand it better. And these types mm-hmm. of grants, I'm gonna understand the language better and you can really position yourself there yes. you know, in a, in a little firmer way as, as far yes. as writing for certain grants. And even I noticed that you've also been a reviewer for SAMHSA, right? Yes. Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration. And mm-hmm. you know, so in that way you can bring your, your experience from the past to help become a grant reviewer, right, yes, for those types of grants, which is really
0: cool. And you know the funny part where I started seeing the alignment between my experience and like my actual career path was mm-hmm. the first time I saw a logic model in a grant application. Ah, so- you like, know this. <laughs> right so one of the assignments we had in grad school was to build a program from the ground up the class didn't require a grant it was literally just build a health education program using uh what they call the social social ecological model and we had to use logic models to you know what my professor called reverse engineer um you know your initiative so i'm like oh i know this you know outputs outcomes resources and that was it that was the grade so when i got to actually working in a grant, it wasn't foreign language to me. It was like, oh, I can just apply this to the nonprofit I'm working with. And although some of the um, concepts are different, not vastly different but a little bit different i can still apply this same skill set so um it's it's funny you brought that up one of the gems of wisdoms that i share with aspiring grant writers who may be still in college and maybe looking to do this full-time once they graduate is that take everything that you're learning put it in your vault and pull it out when you need it because you never know i still haven't used like um calculus or anything like that yet, but I'm sure (laughs) eventually I will, especially those classes where we had different theories and learning how to write uh, dissertations, even doing, um, what is it, the literature review? I do a lot of literature review now with grants, you know, so taking all those small steps that we thought were frustrating and wanted to pull our hair out, I can now apply it to the grants field. So how do you make a great point with it?
1: Yeah, I I love that. I love that, you know, pulling the career, because a lot of people are like, well, my background is so different than grant writing, but I'm like, well, is it though? What can you bring into it? So there's like right. lawyers, I, you know, a lot of lawyers um, really are looking at transitioning into freelance grant writing. And I'm like, wow, oh, really? Fine. Like, perfect. You write contracts yeah. You understand. You know, what yes. it is? you know, we can, we can do this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we can do this for sure. Yeah, we can do this. And the other thing too, is the grant reviewing. So I get a lot of people asking me, Hey, Holly, how do I become a grant reviewer? I've actually had a couple of podcasts on it. It is a yeah. fantastic experience, and I encourage everyone to do it. And I always say, you do not need to be a grant writer to be a grant reviewer. So mm-hmm. you can definitely, you know, be just an, you have, uh, you can be a volunteer, you can be just knowing the industry. So like, as far yeah. as becoming a SAMHSA grant reviewer, did you really pull your career experience into that for your application?
0: I did, I did, and SAMHSA at the time, their application required us to, pretty much show our receipts right so I sent in my resume I um put in the it was like an essay portion I talked about um my background not just in um in my career but in school all those things I pulled all of that together it took them a couple of weeks to get back with me because honestly I didn't think that I secured a spot um but the the grant that um I review was like mental health training. Mm-hmm. And it was around substance abuse. Um, is it substance abuse or substance abuse training for veterans or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me about maybe three weeks to get through all 10 applications. Mm-hmm. But I was able to use those time management skills. I was able to understand what was going on in the grant, because I think that's where the pressure comes in it, right? They're like, how people may be like, how can I review a grant if I don't know what's going on? But mm-hmm. it's, honestly sometimes if you are looking at it with a fresh pair of eyes even if you don't have a full breadth of experience with it you're able to give a more honest um evaluation of it um people laugh at me because they say what's the simplest part of the job I say really just responding to prompts and following directions right Mm -hmm. um so with reviewing those grants I was able to bring my experience to the table but also the newness of just my experience with this particular population and this type of mental health training because I wanted to see how well they responded to the prompts, how well, like the question prompts, how well they responded to the RFP and did it really align with the goal of that funding program. So SAMHSA did a really great job with training us as reviewers Mm -hmm. on what to look out for. So I really appreciate that because I was nervous. I was like, you know, I'm trying it Um, and I, I did it personally and professionally because I wanted to be a better writer so um, I encourage folks to if you want to be a better grant writer if you want to see how other people are doing it and how successful applications are crafted be a grant reviewer they'll you know support you every step of the way and then anytime I had questions they were available to answer those so um, I agree and I really 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 appreciate you sharing that wisdom with others because it has helped me tremendously and you're not alone
1: <laughs> it's an amazing experience and, and plus, as a nonprofit, even if you don't get the grant awarded, you get the feedback so you, you do yes reviewer you have to actually can't to say oh that part wasn't good you have to like give yes. reasons why you and, score and it and they
0: gave these really cool worksheets yeah yeah, yeah. They gave the really cool worksheets that they mapped out what to look for the scoring um i remember it was either the training of the worksheet said you know just don't give very brief answers like one to two sentences like really explain why you felt the way you felt so that made me stretch and say okay why do I want to score this section this way how can they improve yeah. and it gave me like this mental shift that if I was the organization applying for grants and I happened to not get it what would I want to know about my application so that I can do better next time yeah. so using that um kind of reaping what you saw or planting good seeds so that you know that type of mantra helped me uh, grade or not grade, uh, assess the applications better.
1: Yeah, no, it's fantastic, and I know a lot of nonprofits. Though here's the thing: is I'm always like, read the comments though, because they yes. don't get it. They're just kind of like, just you know, t- they put a lot of time and resources and sometimes money into writing That's those. Well. And yeah, yeah. They take it personally, which I know yeah. we all a minute, But you know, and yeah. then I kind of just tuck it away like shame, kind of like we didn't get it. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. it's a good, cool it out read the comments yes. write it again next year you know you utilize those comments and you're going to get
0: so much higher so yeah and, and it works for both the consultant and the organization yeah. so i i know the pain of a decline application like all too well mm-hmm. um and when i first started out it really took me for a loop right like I was like oh my god like I remember there were days where I was like I'm going to quit writing grants and I'm just going to go work somewhere like maybe Claire's or I, I love to I'm a foodie so I'm like I'm just going to go somewhere where I can just get free food all the time like <laughs> that brings me joy shopping and eating <laughs> and one of my colleagues at the time said Shalia you write great applications it's not all on you so one thing that I always help um others and reaffirm with myself is to manage those expectations around if the grant got declined it's all on me there are so many reasons outside of our control that can lead to a declined application like maybe they ran out of money maybe you know there were parts of the um application that we could have written better maybe it was just who knows it doesn't just all fall on you so take that pressure off yourself as long as you're putting forward a strong and competitive application once we hit submit We've done our part. And with those comments, if something comes back and it's the outcome that we don't um, necessarily want, it can serve you as an organization and the consultant because you're looking at it like, this is what we need to do better. Mm-hmm. And um, and maybe sometimes it's not better. Maybe we just need to do it differently. Yeah. Um, for me, I love looking at the comments of um, some of my personal favorites. Like we really love this section. However, did you think about this? Because now that opens up a whole new line of sight for us, right? So I, I encourage all nonprofits and consultants to look at those comments to um, make an opportunity or you know place to even call those program officers to see if they can provide you with some feedback. Um, Cause that shows good I don't wanna say good sportsmanship, but it shows your initiative and your tenacity to try again next year with those changes you've implemented from debt to client and grant.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I love how you're honest and real about it. Like sometimes it is, it's a kick in the gut, right? Like we, yes. as a grant writer, um, are submitting a grant. Like, you know, we obviously we wanna win grants. Like that's it, but yes. we're not gonna be 100%. Nobody has a 100% success rate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? No mm-hmm. grant writer does. So it's, it's about, and then a lot of people ask me, well, what is a good success rate? And then I kind of have to go back again and say, there's so many reasons, like you just said, that a grant might not get funded. Like yeah. could score higher than another grant application, mm-hmm. right? And the other grant application gets funded because it's a, a certain part of the country that they haven't funded before, right? That's there's true different types of things, even. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. even had them not get funded, but then a year later they find more money and it was still scored high enough. They want to fund it. Like there's things <laughs> like that, or maybe... Yeah you know you worked with a nonprofit, but they just don't have enough uh fiscal management in place to really be sure you know there's so many reasons but the yeah is you create a product right you create a that can be reused for something else so we have to come okay. with i love what you were saying about you put it in you make it quality work you hit submit and then it becomes a product and then it's something mm-hmm. that can be used again and again it can be used for fundraisers mm-hmm. websites etc yeah. right so it's definitely still a value product,
0: a valuable product, yeah. even if it's not awarded. And yes. we need it to remember it. <laughs> it is, it is, because it's a kick in the gut, and we have to shake ourselves of it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I watch Marvel movies to get me out of that, you know, that funk. Um, but like you said, I remember, <laughs> right? I, I remember Girl. it's a value add, and yeah. Um, a famous singer that I love, and it's my life, one of my life mantras right now, is if at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. You have to have that courage in this field to try again, because there's no guarantee that we will get the funds, but there is a guarantee that you're going to be able to use that application either to another funder or the same funder next year. So, yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and I love that. So it, it's not your
0: self-worth.
1: No, so that's just something. Separate
0: like- yourself. That's the, yeah. that's the first lesson in consulting. Separate yourself from outcomes. Yeah. Do good. Work, but separate your internal self and who you are from the work.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. So as we're kind of talking about this now, you as a consultant, now you actually do, you're a nonprofit consultant that also has grant writing, nonprofit, you know, um, consulting. You do different types of consulting. I think you have mm-hmm. about three or four main different uh, frames, right? That you kind of operate mm-hmm. in. So um, mm-hmm. what made you choose those mainframes? Like why aren't you just a grant writer? Why do you also do this other type of consulting? Um yeah. And, yeah, you gotta talk
0: about Yeah, that. so that's a really good question. I think with my experience both um, as an employee and now as a full time consultant um, in my in my firm, is that I learned that grant writing isn't just put in to paper or typing out an application. There's so many things that go towards having a strong application and being uh, a viable grantee, right? So funders look at a lot of different things. One of the main ones is, are you able to diversify your fundraising um, avenues? So I looked at it and I'm like, Oh, I've done this before. I've been a- I've I've been able to develop fundraising plans and how nonprofits can map out from A to Z how they can raise money in a year. You know, in the nonprofit sector, we wear many hats anyway. So although grant writer uh, may have been my title, I was also IT some days. I was also um, development associate and uh, finance you know, in turn, however that works out, right? So I was able to take just my experience in helping the organization work as a whole in that capacity and apply that to my firm now. So, um when, when we look at it from just a comprehensive perspective, all of my services lead to clients being grant ready and staying grant ready. So, you know, we look at, do you have policies and procedures in place? Do you have, um, like you said, proper fiscal management? Do you have different revenue streams that are consistent? So if you don't get the grant, the programs are still going and the lights are still on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at, Uh, funder cultivation. So we we think of funder cultivation or donor cultivation in the sense of like major gifts and individual giving, but you can really apply that to grants. Like I was just having this conversation with someone last week that um, the number one secret weapon that I've found in my grants career that has been like an awesome tool for me is just really prioritizing relationships over protocol. So yes, foundations all the time have their um about us page and what they want you to do to submit a grant but if you pick up the phone and just have a conversation you'll find that they'll give you a lot of insight on how the process works and you know what type of applications do they find are the shining stars or you know whatnot and even um finding insight into what other funders could potentially fund your initiative and project so I really prioritize relationships and that didn't come from you know writing applications that came from my uh, development background so it's a a lot of different things all in one but it all really focused and comes back home to being grant ready
1: I love that yeah I like how that all funnels because a lot of um, consultants out there that's what they'll say or grant grant writers they'll be like well I had this client come to me and they want me to write grants but mm-hmm. They're not, they don't even have their 501c3 yet. Like, they wow. don't, you know what I mean? Like those kinds yeah. of, they actually need to do fundraising first or they need to help with these processes, yeah. strategic planning to mm-hmm. get grant ready. So a lot mm-hmm. of nonprofits, I think you may think you're ready for grants when you may not be quite right. Prepared, right. Right.
0: Yeah. And and, and and you have to remind them just because they have the, their 501c3 status doesn't mean that they're ready for grants, right? It just tells one part of the story and that you're legally eligible to apply. There's so many other things that we as consultants have to help redirect their, um, kind of like they're thinking of how the process goes. Because for some reason, grants is it's the magic word in nonprofits, right? Nobody thinks about donations, really. They're just like, oh, I'm ready. I can get a grant. <laughs> no. That's it. But we have to think about grant readiness on multiple levels. So we have the internal, um, you know, competencies, but we also have those external competencies. A lot of uh, clients who come to me need a lot of uh, fundraising, direction and experience, but also program development. So um, finding different uh evidence-based practices and similar um fields finding out you know what the needs are so i do a lot of needs assessments um i do a lot of evaluation plans you know budgets things like that that they don't really think about when they see a big flashy rfp so um, that's where that using your skill set in other areas can, can really come and help you in grant writing because it's it's way more than just an application to turn yeah. in Absolutely, especially those federal ones, right? You're
1: like, okay, they're oh.
0: very specific, right? Woo. yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar, uh-huh. very familiar.
1: <laughs> so in a way, would you say then some of these streams that you've then developed have been as... Um, kind of a development as nonprofits coming to you wanting you to write grants and then you're like wait a second actually we need to develop this and this is another stream I can kind of offer because I'm seeing this Mm -hmm. a lot or is that okay so you yes so
0: so I, I approach I approach my business as being able to solve the problems that are coming to me most frequently. Mm-hmm. So and really diagnosing if that's really the problem. So the, the initial conversation may be, Shalee, I'm really having a hard time winning grants. But once we do a deeper dive, we start to see why. Um we start to see that there's no really no strategy in place. So there the whole strategy for programs or however they run their their organization is either underdeveloped or unclear and we have to map that out um sometimes it's we want uh, grants to fund our entire organization Well, when i'm like mm, no we have to take a step back and let's think about what are some other revenue strategies that you can implement while we're you know planning out for grants because there's this um There's this common misconception that once I apply for a grant, I can get it in a couple of months when realistically it can be anywhere between maybe three to six months to all, you know, at the latest 18 months before you get a turnaround on a certain application. So I I find that it's a mix between really finding the root cause of the problem for clients and uh also helping educate them on how the grant process works now um depending on my capacity of course i i can't solve every problem so i love referring to my other amazing colleagues in the field um i have a network of folks who just love helping people and are really awesome at what they do um but for those Common issues that I see, I've been able to create services um, and templates and tools that they can use to correct those. So it it all works out.
1: I love that. I love that so much. And then we talked about too um, uh, on the green screen before we got on about like how we said, you know, there's different models. Some models of freelancers are like, I'm just going to say yes to everything so I can learn. And that's what I love. And I love to, Mm -hmm. and then I can see what I really like and then kind of develop like that. Some are like, no, I just want to stay in my lane and just do this one thing. And I know you said, well, I'm kind of a mix. Can you kind of talk about that?
0: Yeah, so I'm kind of a mix. Um, I like to call my model a hybrid model. So on one hand, I am an agency firm, meaning that I do a lot of done for you work. So I see that with my retainer clients where they hire me to manage their grant calendar, actually submit the grants, you know, writing all of that, you know, deep work. On the other hand, um, I do a lot of coaching. So done with you. So I work with organizations who are typically um, smaller or um, younger, maybe two, Two to three years in operation to coach them through the grant writing process so given where they are um, in that stage of maturity i'm able to really equip them with the grant skills um, to where they learn how to write their own grants how to find grants with just strategic direction um, and you know lessons learned mm-hmm. um i tell them all the time i share this with you because i bumped my head a lot and i'm I, I don't want you to make those same you know mistakes and choices that i did when i first started out so i do a mix of both I do a mix of done for you and done with you and it works good for me because I'm able to balance my time better I think if you choose one of the other and this is not exact science um, and I'm not saying it's like the perfect way but I think if you choose one of the other at some point you hit a cap in either energy because we know writing grants can take a, a lot of your energy and mental space right so I can't manage everybody's calendar and if I'm doing coaching, I can't serve everybody either, even though I have the mental capacity and energy to do so. So finding that delicate balance is something that I'm still figuring out, but I like the way things are going so far.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, oh, I love that so much. So when you look back to you, and I know that you also say like, you don't say uh, yes to everything, right? So mm-hmm. you allow yourself to know what your boundaries are.
0: Yes, yes. So right now I am a team of one. So I have to be very careful about um, the projects that I say yes to um, because I, I, I value excellence and I value integrity. If I know I can't bring my full self and my skill set and my expertise to a project, because I'm focused on, you know, my current client load, then I probably won't take it on or we can just revisit it at another time. Mm-hmm. So I think when it, it I think, one of the ingredients of being a successful consultant is that being honest with yourself and being honest with those who are coming to you for help um, about where you are and if you're not passionate, not, I don't want to say passionate because that that's subjective and it can, you know, be in the ebb and flow. Um, if there are projects that you don't think that you can f- bring your full self to, to the table, then, you know, you don't have to take it on. Um, there'll be other ways that you can really, um, if money is the issue, monetize your expertise in a way that, um, is beneficial for the client and for you. So I'm um, a huge, huge, huge advocate for not saying yes to everything, even though it's a little bit uncomfortable, because in this field, we want to help people, right? So right. we feel like saying yes to everything is how we help people. But honestly, it, it it's not. I'm learning uh, the hard way yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> Part of me being um, a, a good leader and a trusted expert and advisor is that I have to be honest with myself about where my strengths lie, where my capacity is right now, especially you know po- in a post-COVID world where we're all trying to just adjust to life, period, mm-hmm. um, about where I am. So I, I, I encourage... Um, any consultant who's really having that struggle between balancing projects that if you have to step back take a step back if you have to explore different business models then you know do that it doesn't always have to be what we see traditionally as putting um, words in an application it could be different ways that you could um, bring in revenue for your business whether that's you know education i know a lot of people who love to teach you know like yourself um dr brown and she loves teaching she's you know doing so many. you guys are doing so many different things and it 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 fulfills you and you're able to help others so you know i encourage them to think through you know the different um markets that you could be an asset to and Mm -hmm. what you feel um is a good limit or not limit a good level of capacity for you
1: I love that. And I love that you talked about your uh networking too. So mm-hmm. you don't, you're like okay, that's not exactly what I want to do like marketing maybe right for nonprofits doing their social media right. doing that. But I know so and so and I'm going to you over there, right? So yeah. it doesn't have to be a it just no that's it. It can be like a
0: no, but let me help you solve your problem
1: still. Mhm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I I can say this is not my level of expertise. Mm -hmm. I would love to refer you. And people respect that, right? Like clients, when they come to us, they come to us for help. help. Mm -hmm. And I think they appreciate it when we don't just stop at the no. We take it a step further and say, I also encourage you to reach out to XYZ or, you know, this firm or, you know, this individual person to help you still reach your goals. Um, And if you have challenges with expanding your network, really just start putting yourself out there. Like I was blessed enough to already know people from just different conferences here when the world was like open, open, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, through AFP, through GPA, I would start there, start with those professional organizations. But just by chance, if you can't do that, go on LinkedIn and just send a friendly message and say, Hey, I'm a grant writer. I, you know, I don't want anything, you know, in exchange. I just want to have a referral network. People are mm-hmm. open to that. Right. Yeah. Um, I've learned through my relationships with funders from previous jobs that sometimes they have a referral network of consultants. So it's really just keeping, you know, people in the know, cause it's not, you know, my mom would tell me all the time, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's wisdom that has stuck with me all throughout the years is just keeping a good network of people that if you can't take on a project, you know someone who can. Yeah,
1: no, I love that. And then what, for you then, when nonprofits come to you, what are some of the most common challenges that you see mm-hmm. in
0: nonprofits face? Ooh, it is, a, it's a few things. So one, I see the the challenges they have with really articulating their vision mm-hmm. um, for change and their the overall programs. Um, I also see that it's a, a disconnect in understanding like how logic models are supposed to work and the details that go into that. Um, and that could be just overall evaluation if we're being honest about it. And um, hmm, knowing where to find uh, aligned opportunities, So aligned grant opportunities. And, you know, I have access to different databases, like instrumental. That's one of my favorites. So I'm able to look from the consultant side and, see you know different opportunities but they don't if you're on the organization side and you don't have the resources to really subscribe to databases like that Mm -hmm. they're going to google and you know how google is it can be overwhelming really really quickly so you know they come to me to help them find opportunities that actually align with their vision and where they're going in the future so Mm -hmm. those are the, the the top three i think that they struggle with the most
1: yeah, nice. And I like that you said like these are the struggles, but here's also some of the solutions, right? Like, so here's some of the and even the, the vision, I in a lot of what you just said, it's 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 kind of interesting because it all resonates with alignment with what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? So it's they're so passionate, like nonprofit leaders, they're passionate about what they do, who they serve. Mm-hmm. And you know. The, it's the thing is is they might not know how to do an evaluation section that's okay that was never in their toolbox to begin with or tool- right. to lead the organization or to do the thing or you know they have different right. sets right so right. no way at all is that shaming it's just like a part of it and no way at all does that mean they need to become an expert in it and that's why there's
0: consultants like yourself right right so- right 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 mm-hmm. and, and and while we're the consultants I. I think my personal philosophy is that we still equip them with the basic level understanding of grants and how they work. So um, you've probably heard me say that I think EDs, especially in their growing stage, need basic grant writing skills, not so that they can be the expert and do it all the time, but so that they, so that they can have an understanding of what funders are asking for when they say tell us your um tell us your need statement tell us you know what your strategy for change is tell us how you're going to evaluate this it's not going to be foreign language to them if they already have those basic skills Um, I also think that it's important um for when and that keyword when because it's it's never like a not at all it's always a not yet right Mm -hmm. um when they bring on consultants it makes it a lot easier for our relationship to move smoothly and have um like more of a fruitful experience together when EDs know about grants, right? And they know about um, what's required. Um, A lot of the times what I've seen is that they want to throw us a lot, you know, EDs want to throw us information and say, just write a grant. And I'm like, I love the relational piece. I'm probably more than likely 100% going to book a call with you every week so that, one, once I do my artifact review, I can ask any clarifying questions. Make sure that I'm articulating your vision because, again, we're the facilitators of content. We're not the creators of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, let's walk through each grant and how would you answer this? And sometimes, you know, it's not that they don't want to be involved in the grant writing process um, on purpose It's just literally they haven't had the opportunity to or have someone stop to explain to them why it's important to be in like, um, I I call it like the Batman Robin dynamic Mm -hmm. with the grant writers so that we can do extremely, extremely good work. The best proposals I've written have always had some type of input from leadership, the community, and other stakeholders. So it's really a collaborative process.
1: No, I love that. Yeah, I mean that's just it's wonderful because what you said I love that we're not the creator, we're the facilitator. And mm-hmm. it is it's not that, you know, sometimes you might feel like you're you're creating programs but it's really led by the vision of the yes. nonprofit and you might have to make those kind of work into tools like a logic model or like mm-hmm. you know writing the objectives but you have to go back and say does this make sense is this aligned is it, this actually what you even want to do because yeah. you it based on what I think is going to be competitive for the grant but if it gets awarded is this a, like I've done that before written
0: grants that got awarded and they're like oh man we got to implement this now. <laughs> And that's an important conversation too. We have to talk about life after the grant. What do you do when you get the grant? You know, what's the, what's the protocol? What's the strategy? How do we make sure that we're doing what we said that we were going to do? So, um, I love talking about grant management. I love talking about, you know, making sure that we are, um, collecting those metrics so that we can report back and do it with less stress because it's probably impossible not to have any stress like (laughs) um do it with less stress and do it in a way that um is sustainable so those types of conversations can only happen when we're in a collaborative relationship and that you have a um like just a real um solid understanding of how this whole process work. So I appreciate, you know, you even sharing that, like, hey, we have to do this together, because without it, I think, I think we we do ourselves a disservice when we just expect the grant writer to do everything alone.
1: Yeah. Or a lot of times, you know, even for objectives and stuff, I'll be writing them, but I'm like, I just use numbers as placeholders. Cause I'm like, I don't know, this is the, uh, reaching a hundred people. Yes. Right. So I have like X here, but we need to talk about what is X. right? Mm-hmm. So like, we need to have that conversation. Cause I don't know if a hundred people is too ambitious to serve in your yes. community or not, or what. So, yes. but I know there needs to be a number here. Cause it has to be, there needs to be a metric. Right. So yes. those types yes. of conversations are so
0: yeah, they are. They are, and and I I, I and I I think another um, component that we can add to this is that it it helps make them a better leader too. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this may be a wild concept for some people, you know, but but follow me. If I have a team of um, program directors. Um, that I want involved in the process, we can have a conversation where we all come to the table and understand what's going on. But even in the sense of volunteers, because I work with a lot of organizations who may not have paid staff at uh, this moment, but they work with volunteers, the volunteers are coming in blind. So when you have these I don't want to say detailed, but if you have a well-fleshed out program plan, if you have these key metrics and objectives and goals already done because you've done the work, it makes that process easier for them and a lot quicker. So, um, I I know for me, I would love to work for an organization where you come in, you already know what's expected, you already know what to do. Um, And granted, you're going to have those struggles where you have the ebbs and flows, but for the most part, you're presented with information that you can digest and really, at that point, um, start to add your own spin to it. And that's only possible if, I guess, um, leadership learns to a certain degree how to be a jack of all trades, at least for the time being.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's it's good for them to know, like you said, it leads to sustainability for the nonprofit. And they don't mm-hmm. need to know exactly all the details of everything, but you know, like how to create the Excel sheet or whatnot. But oh, yeah. budget, right. but you know, like they it's to understand like, oh, these things are acceptable in the budget. These aren't allowable. Like and-
0: Absolutely you know Absolutely for the budget <laughs>
1: yeah that budget. so um no this is really good and just you know aligning aligning that and working with them with that facilitator kind of cap on so I, I love this conversation and you actually have something coming up if you want to talk about it and then also talk about how people can contact you um with being the facilitator right and working with
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. So um, I am opening up applications in August to my grant writing coaching program. And this service is specifically to help um, nonprofit pros of growing organizations. So organizations who've been around for two to three years to really craft and submit competitive grant proposals. So all of the things that we've talked about today, um, creating your budgets, creating your program plan, evaluation, all of that, and even um, customized tools like Logic models. Um, theory of changes we'll cover it over the course of 12 weeks in a done with you coaching format Um, and by the end you'll have your own what I call master vault of information so uh, grant language that you can use um, for for you know different proposals so I'm I, I'm a huge fan of boilerplate language that you can use over and over, which will save you time and money. Um, <laughs> and also just the the basic grant skills to equip you and your team um, without having to hire a full-time grant writer. We fully understand that right now um, a retainer uh, retained or full-time staff grant writer may not be an option. So we work together with non-profit pros to create their own customized vault of information that they can continuously re- reuse for grants. So if you are a, a nonprofit ED development director or volunteer for um, um a growing organization. Please feel free to reach out. You can follow me on social media. My Instagram is at the Grant Writing Coach. Um, my website is www.smpnpc.com, and I'll be sure to share my information, and we can link it down in the story notes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely have it on the podcast episode uh, 183. So definitely go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 183, and I'll have everything in the show notes with all the links, um, and also you even do uh, consultation calls. So I yeah. saw that on your uh, website, which is great. You can book a consultation call, um, yeah. you know, that way you can kind of see, okay, what might really
0: be needed for the nonprofit at this point? Yeah. In. Yes, um, we would love to schedule a consultation call with you. If you would like to secure that service, um, feel free to reach out. You'll also get the recording of the call and just a set of recommendations from uh, me and my uh, team to look over from our conversation for you guys to use and we would just love to serve you.
1: I love that. Well, thank you so much, Leah for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you more and hear about your business. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Holly. It is a full circle moment. I, I'm so excited. Um, the conversation was amazing, and I thank you for using your platform to not only um, help aspiring grant writers, but freelancers and nonprofit pros really understand what all goes into this a uh, world of grants, right? And really normalizing conversations around outputs and outcomes because I didn't. You don't know what that meant maybe 10 years ago. So, thank you for just having that platform for me to learn. And I'm excited that, um, you know, moving forward, that we'll continue to have these conversations. And I would, you know, love to come back. Anything that I can do to help out the grant writing and funding family, let me know.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on the show and love the conversation as well. You led some really, you know, highlighted some really good things about, um, you know, going from biology to grant writing and then just, you know, the different things that. Yeah nonprofits and freelancers can look at. So really it, a light on a lot of those things. It was a fun conversation and yeah, we'll definitely have you back on the show. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Holly. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in today with our guest Shalia Phillips. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode as much as I did. It was so much fun meeting Shalia and talking with her and hearing about her story and her business model she's amazing alright guys so for more information about today's episode definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 183 and definitely if you guys love this podcast uh, do subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review please Uh, it really does help other people find the podcast the more reviews that we have and you can also jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 183 once again for all of the show notes and to see other things that we have going on in the grant writing and funding tribe. All right guys, I'll see you soon. Bye bye.